king for the word right now. You better sit down and open your Bible. Come on. Thanks, thanks guys. You guys are awesome. Love our teams. Love our teams. So, so good. Oh, cool. Whew. Here we go. Who's ready? I'm really ready. Can you tell? Can you tell? Yeah, the sound guys are like, turn his mic down. This guy's out of control today. Yeah, good. A little bit of that. A little bit of that. Not too much of out of control, but maybe a little. It's good. Acts chapter 2 is where you're heading in your Bibles. That's where you're going. If you've got your paper Bible, if you've got your, you know, your phone, so you're allowed to get your phone out in church, stay off Instagram and Snapchat. Amen. Good. All right. Welcome. Love being here with you. And if you can't be here with us in person, welcome to you guys online. So good to have you here with us. So good. Love it. Next week, Vision Sunday. Don't miss it. If you've got a camping trip booked, mm, no. You need to be here. Here. Right? Do it. Vision Gala, Vision Sunday, festivities, food, coffee. Amen. So good. It's going to be so good. And we can fit you all in here. We're going to fit you all in here and be socially distanced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't book a weekend away. Book your weekends in the house. That's, that's not the end, of, the end of that I'm going to say on this today anyway. Acts chapter 2, as you're turning there. Let me tell you about this cool thing I watched the other day. Anyone like a total Lego nerd? Come on, yeah, up the back here, good. Chris Windus, where are you? You're a complete Lego nerd. Yeah, yeah awesome. Who, who loves Lego? I, I, I grew up with it. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And I was chatting with my brother the other day, and he's like, oh, have you checked out the new series of Lego Masters? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And so, you know, in his recommendation, I thought, I'll sit down and I'll watch an episode. And I was like, what? What are these people doing? This is, these are, they're creating masterpieces with this stuff. This is insane, right? They've got access to the brick pit. Whoa, the brick pit. And there's 3.2 million pieces of Lego in the brick pit in over 60 colors. I looked it up. All right? Amazing. And these guys, and there's eight teams, and, and they all get to... So what happens is uh, they had this huge, like, mountain with some, you know, railroad tracks going around, and, and then this mountainous thing breaks up into all these trolleys, and they, they pull their trolleys, and they've got some Lego on top, and they come over, and they've got 17 hours to build something that if, a people, if people were in a train, they would look and go, what? and the train would stop, right? Because at the end of the episode, they're going to like, you know, the, the real train's going to go around. They're going to stop it. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, the guy's like, the brick man's got his little remote and he's like, stop. Mm, I can stop the train with a remote control and no one's impressed. And, uh, <laughs> but it was incredible. So they had 17 hours to create something of beauty or wow that would stop a train. And, the, and, and you know, there's all dramas and things going on and people's things are collapsing. But at the end of the episode, they're all like trying to get their time and they're wheeling their stuff back in and all the pieces are clicking back into place and there's the mountain and these train tracks going around and it was incredible. It was stunning. Some of the stuff that they, like, you've got like eight teams, eight little, little sections here and all together, it was like, what is going on here? This is, it was stunning. Stunning. It was beautiful, if I could say that about Lego. I don't know. 
But added together, it was this incredible display of creativity and beauty and color and structure. It was awesome. And all these people are bringing different skills into their teams and different perspectives and strengths. Then they're combining their strengths and they can make something that's really impressive. Got me thinking. That every single one of us, we have different skills and strengths and talents and abilities. And when we put them to use with one another, we can create something pretty great. And when our teams come together and we all kind of plug in to the house of God, what our teams are creating together, and then you add the Holy Spirit into that mix, anything's possible. We get to create something that is beautiful, something that will stop the train of the world and they will look at us and go, oh my goodness. So good. In Acts chapter two, I wanna read to you two parts of this chapter here in Acts chapter two. And um, we're gonna start at the beginning and we're gonna finish at the end. There you go, how good was that? Awesome. We're gonna read, we're gonna read the very beginning and the very end and we're gonna skip all the middle bit, all right? Acts chapter two, verse one says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues just as the Spirit enabled them. So the story from there, because we're gonna jump to the end of the chapter, the story from there is that the people around heard this sound. They heard what happened when the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was birthed and all these people are speaking in other tongues and they're like, what's going on? What's going on here? And then these thousands of people start to gather around. And Peter stands up and he speaks and he shares the gospel and it says that 3,000 people got saved and baptised that day. And that's where we're going to jump down right to right now. Verse 41. It says, Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to that, their number that day. One sec. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. God, today, right now, I want to pray that you'd give us hearts to receive something from you. I want to pray that we would have ears to hear and that we, we would be willing to grow, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds today. And I just declare unity over our church today. I declare new levels of unity for C3 Victory in Jesus' name. And I wanna pray for pastors Nate and Rach. 
I want to pray for them, for their kids, for their home, for protection, for peace, for prosperity on them, that you would bless them as they prepare to release their first vision as our lead pastors, God. Would you just pour out your grace upon grace upon grace on them. Protect them, inspire them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so up on the screen, it, it's gonna, it says vision ready, but you could also write this as, as my message title today is Together We Build. So if you're writing notes, you can write Together We Build at the top there. What does togetherness look like as a church, as a body? How do we create a church together that values a thing like unity? What does it mean for us to be together? If you're writing notes, write this down. Number one, togetherness builds as we gather. Togetherness builds as we gather. Acts chapter, one, chapter two, verse one again says, when the, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. All together in one place. That's not a tautology. He's, he uses two different Greek words there to explain what is happening, right? They're in one place. They're in the same physical location, but they're also together. What? They're together in heart and mind and they're in the same location. Love it. And this is what we, we need both. We need both. We need, we need to be together in person like we are today, right? And we need to be together unified in heart and mind, right? The, the family comes together on Sundays. This is the family meal. The family comes together on Sunday. We hang out, we laugh, we chat, we connect, we welcome, we embrace. No, we don't really embrace, but we do embrace in a COVID-safe manner. Uh, and then we eat a spiritual meal together and we experience God at work together. Anyone watch that, uh, that medical show, New Amsterdam? Anyone like, like the moment you start watching it, you're like, oh, now we're hooked. Great. There goes the rest of the week, right? There's a, uh, there's a black surgeon on there. His name is Reynolds and he is awesome. And he says to his girlfriend, she's like trying to book some stuff for like Sunday night. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't dare miss dinner with my family on Sunday nights. He's, he, he like, you know, corrects her a little bit. We need a bit more of that. We need a bit more of, oh, no, I don't book anything else on Sundays. That's, that's, that's the family meal. That's when the family comes together. That's when the whole family, we, we, we gather. That's where we eat together. You know, that's where, we, that's where we do life together. That's where we grow together. That's where we relate together. The family meal, this is it. This is the family coming together. And if you can't be here because you're sick or you can't be here because you're not able, then you can join us online so you don't miss where we're going. Okay, harsh truth alert. You okay with this? I'm going anyway. You're going to feel disconnected if you're only here once a month. 
you cannot feel connected to what we're doing as a church, to where we're going as a church, you need to be here more than once a month. There's a momentum that builds in your spiritual journey, in the life of your family, in the life of our church. But if you're only touching base with that every now and then, you're missing the slipstream. You're missing getting pulled into what the Holy Spirit is doing. All right? We need to prioritize the house of God again, right? What does it look like to prioritize Jesus in your day to day? Because if you do that, then you know I need to be in the house every week. Turn up every week and you're gonna be so surprised at how much you grow in six months, how much you feel connected to what God is doing, how much you feel connected to the people here, how many friends you've got. You're gonna be like, whoa, you turn up every week, man, you just get so blessed. As we gather together in person, right? In a, in a physical location, if we come with the right attitude, we find that then our hearts and our minds are coming together as well. I love what Robert Dodds said about marriage. Uh, he says, the goal in marriage is not to think alike, it's to think together. So you can, we can be different. We can be bringing all kinds of differences and, 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 and thoughts and, and, and strengths, but we, we, we can still be together in heart and mind. There's two shifts we need to keep making. The first one is from me to us. The second one is from us to them. Let me break it down for you a little bit. The first shift that we need is a, is a shift in focus from me, from I come to my church for me to meet with my God and get my stuff from Him. Two, I come and I'm a contributor, not just a consumer. I don't come to consume, I come to contribute. I know that when I come to the house of God, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna receive. It's gonna be awesome. God's got something for you. I believe this in my heart of hearts that every single week, every time you open your Bible, every time you turn up to church, God has something for you, right? But if you come, if you come to church with the mentality that it's all just for me, we're missing the point. We need to come to church going, I'm here for us. How can I serve? Who needs my love and attention? Who needs, who needs help right now? Like who's alone? Who's, 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 who's hurting right now? And the second shift is when we move from us to them, a focus on just what we think we need to what the world needs. Right, they need the lost that the lost need Christ. For us to reach the lost where we serve our city and we love the broken and we meet the needs of our community and we see real people saved and brought into relationship with Jesus and we welcome them into our family. So much more easily said than done. We're not just consuming we're not just contributing. Now we know that we are commissioned to make disciples. Don't just stop at being a contributor. We're also here. We're commissioned. But here's the deal. If I'm not, if I'm not involved in this sense of togetherness, in this unity, if my preference takes priority over a person, 
then I'm just back to thinking about me. Can I be real with you for a moment again? Asking someone to get out of your seat, that's not thinking about us. That's just thinking about you. When you're chatting with a group of people and you see someone is alone and you don't break that group to go and say hi and talk with them, that's not thinking us. That's just thinking me. We have to be concerned and in love with us so that when we see a need, I'm prepared to sacrifice. Even just small, like, and I've already done it a few times this morning. Excuse me, just for a minute. And I'll go and I'll chat with someone who is by themselves. Because someone by themselves is not experiencing family. We're never going to reach them until we can first take the focus off me. Philippians 2 verse 4 says, Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. If we come to church just to receive... That's, that's, that's part of it. Come to church to give. Come to church to bless. Come to church to engage with others, to love people into the family of victory. Our sense of togetherness builds as we gather. Sunday's the gathering point, the family gathering where we build week after week after week after week. We keep building this sense of togetherness. As we meet together, our hearts knit together. Well, that's good. As we meet together, our hearts knit together. That's how it works. But if you keep not meeting together, that's when you're going to feel like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if they're my people. Well, we can be your people. We'd like to be your people. We'd like you to be our people. Point number two, if you're writing notes, write this down. Togetherness precedes revival. Let's look at the difference between the first verse and the last verse of Acts chapter 2, right? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Right down to the end, verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Whoa, that's a huge shift. Now you've gone from 120 people in an upper room praying to 3,000 plus people who are now, God is adding to them every single day. They were all together in one place. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then people gather, Peter speaks, 3,000 people get saved. And then verse 42, there's some devotion, there's miracles, there's radical generosity, there's deep fellowship, revival. I love the trajectory here in Acts chapter 2. Let me break it down even more for you. It's it's togetherness, outpouring, opportunity, impact, revival. Togetherness precedes revival. If you've got a heart for revival, that is awesome. Let's be together. Let your fire rub off on other people. Right? Be at the prayer meeting at 6.15 in the morning. Men, let's do it. Right? 
I see church as a spiritual family, right? It's a big family and it grows and it builds as we add more and more people and we invite people here and we get friendship here. We have friends here. And kingdom friendship runs deeper than just we have a common stage of life or we have a common, you know, interest, right? This community is more than a family. We're a family with purpose, Maybe I need to say that again. We're, we're a family with a purpose. Don't tune out today. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Next Sunday is Vision Sunday. It's an important day. This is an important moment in our calendar. You're about to hear the next step in our purpose together. It's important to so make sure you're here. This is a family with a purpose. You're invited to be a part of this family, to come play your part in this family, in our combined purpose together. So the world celebrates individuality to the extreme, to the crazy, to the the level of crazy that we never thought it was possible. But you only have to be on TikTok for five minutes to realise that the world celebrates individuality. Like, whoa, that's crazy. But we celebrate individuality and combined unity. Both. Every single person is unique. Every one of us has special gifts and talents and incredible inherent value. Yes. And then you put people on a team that work together, and this happens in the world as well. And you've got people coming together with different strengths, different abilities, and there's some synergy that's happening there, right? But you put people filled with the Holy Spirit in teams that work together for the combined God vision of the church. Wait, 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 don't clap yet. Because then, then, right, then you add a love for each other, and then you add the power of the Holy Spirit, and then you add radical generosity and deep fellowship, right? Now you've got the potential for revival you know what's powerful agreement when two or more agree on anything that's done by my father in heaven you know what's more powerful one heart and one mind that's what this word in Greek means but let me take it a little bit further you know what it, you know what it also means one heat one fire They were all together in one place. They were all on fire with the same heart, the same fire together in that upper room. No wonder the Holy Spirit's like, now's the time. These people are unified. It means together heat, together fire. It's what happens when we're all passionate, we're all moving, we're all going for the same thing. We're all like bouncing around like, come on, God's doing something. We're all excited. We're, all, we're, we're pumped about the same thing. You know when you find someone who watches that same obscure show that you watch and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And like, it's like when I find someone who loves Blackadder, I'm like, oh, kindred spirits, yes. Oh, yeah. And then we just start talking about Blackadder for like an hour, right? 
It's the same. It's, when you've got, it's like, I, oh, I'm with my people and we've got the same. We're just, we're the same. So good. We just love doing the same thing. We're all about the kingdom of God. We love the Holy Spirit. We love having fun while we do it, right? We're not stale and boring. We're alive and, and active and we're together. We don't do it in solo. We do it with one another, right? Kindred spirits. That's, that's family. That's church family. You want to have one fire together because a oneness of passion precedes revival. Last point, point three. If you're writing notes, write this down. Together is how we build. Verse 42 to 47 again. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. At the many wonders and, and, and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love it. That's revival, right? That's what it looks like. And it only happens when we're together, right? Together, verse 44, when it says uh, all the believers were together, that means the same physical location. All the believers came together. But in verse 47, it says, uh, sorry, verse 46, it says every day they continued to meet together with one heart and one mind and one passion and one heat, right? One fire. Every day they continued to meet with this fire burning inside of them. It's at the start of Acts 2, it's at the end of Acts 2, it's at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it's when revival is taking Jerusalem by storm. Together is how we build. Thursday a week ago, I had a brand new CAP client, I had a new support worker as well, Susie, who can't be here today. Susie was with me and, uh, and we, we went into this lady's house, her name is Gail, and she was very worried about us coming, very stressed. Uh, as we were invited into her home, she looked like she was in fear. Uh, and so we, we sat with her and, and we got to know her a little bit and, uh, and talked to her about her life and she started, her countenance kind of started to relax a little bit. And, and we, we discovered that 25 years ago, she had some kind of encounter with God right before a tragedy hit the family. But this encounter with God, it meant something to her, but she had no foundation for her relationship with God. And so we, we shared the gospel. We shared how Jesus loves her so much. That, that that moment that happened 25 years ago, that was really important. That was really valuable because, well, now we get to be here with you and we get to share Jesus with you. And she gave her life to the Lord on that moment, right then and there. And you contributed to that. You, you helped that to happen. 
You and I, you're involved. When you give, here we go. When you give, when you give money or time or energy or prayer, you help create opportunities like Gail's and you're involved in it. I don't have time to, 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 to tell you the theological implications of how Gail's salvation is credited to your heavenly account, but that's how it works. Your giving enables our Victory Centre to function. We, it enables uh, yard maintenance and empowered life courses to run. It enables the CAP Centre to run as well. All giving opportunities for people to come to know Jesus. You're involved in that. Guys online, you're involved in that. Gail's gonna become debt free. It's just a matter of time now. But you know what? She's already spiritually debt free. And you're involved in that. You prayed. You gave. You contributed. You believed in. And this is Gail's story is just one of the hundreds of stories of people who have met Jesus because we are together. A couple of weeks ago, get a phone call from Margie Padgett. And she says, I need you to move a washing machine. And I'm like, rightio. See if it fits in my busy schedule. And uh, so Gary was there and got the address. And I said to my son, Jed, I said, hey man, can you come and help me? I need your muscles. And he's like, mm, okay. <laughs> so he turns up. And we lift this washing machine to the back of my car and it's like, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty nice washing machine. Pretty nice house here. We drive to, a, to this cap client, Margie's cap client in Gateshead. And, we, and I'm looking at the hill. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> it's okay, because um, Jed did all the hard work anyway. <laughs> I was just like, Ugh, pushing it up the hill. And Jed's like, yeah, I got this, Dad. I got this. <laughs> But we got to give Janelle a new washing machine, a washing machine that works. So now she can wash her clothes, which is something that we just take for granted. But she was without a washing machine and we, we managed to connect a, a person who donated something of value and the church stepped in and now we gave it to a person who needs the value and you were involved in that. It got me thinking, it got me thinking, what is the way of victory? What is the way of victory? What is normal for our church? What is historically normative for the people of victory? Because as we move into the next season of our church, there are things of our DNA that don't change. And this is exciting because I was thinking, we as victory have a relentless spirit. We do not give up. We are relentless in serving our city, in loving our community. We are relentless with hospitality. We are ridiculously generous in our tithes and our vision giving. And I was thinking, you know, deep within the fabric of our church is priority number one. And that is the kingdom of God advancing across the world through us. 
Are you ready? Are you ready for the next season of victory to start? You ready to give? You ready to, to contribute, to sign up, to make it work? Are you flexible and ready? Are you ready to rise to the call? Are you ready to, to love the unlovely? Are you ready to welcome people into your life and your family? Our family. Because that's what it's going to take. You can't have the status quo and reach the city. We've got to keep growing. We've got to keep signing up. We've got to keep saying yes. Yes to the Holy Spirit. Yes to our leaders. Yes, yes, yes. Yes to God. Yes to making a difference across our city. Yes to sowing our time, our energy. Yes to sowing our prayer. Yes to sowing our money. Because just like Pastor Rach said, I love what she said. I want my life to be characterised by faith. When they put me to rest in a tomb sometime, I want them to say, he lived by faith. He trusted Jesus above everything else. He was sold out for the kingdom of God. He sought to build the church and advance the kingdom wherever he went. That's what I want them to say about me. What do you want them to say about you? Because we're here as a family with a purpose. And a a part of your purpose is outworked right here. When there's a vision for a family, everyone in the family rallies. And part of the vision for our lives is wrapped up in the vision for the life of our family. And we're here together to make a difference, to impact our city and beyond for the kingdom of God. And can I remind you, we're going to have a bucket load of fun while we do it. Because we've got the Holy Spirit and we've got hilarious people like me. No, hilarious people like Pastor Rach. We've got people here who make life fun. You made a good choice to come to church today. To be a part of the family meal today. We're doing it as family. We're doing this together. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the privilege of being called a child of God and the privilege of being a part of this family. Your word says that you place the lonely in families. And I want to pray that we would be a family who loves the lonely who reaches out into the city. Would you help us? Would you empower us? Help us to continue to say yes when we want to be comfortable instead. Help us to sacrifice when we want to play it safe. Help us to go the extra mile when we can't even even be bothered going one mile sometimes, God. Help us to rise. In Jesus' name.